History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Hello, Biblical Citizens. We are surrounded by madness. We thought we were coming out of the COVID restrictions and things were freeing up, but then the pharma-paid press comes up with more overblown hype that we must be in crisis mode because of what they call the Delta variant. Yes, there are people that are getting sick with flu-like symptoms, and this is unusual during the summer when it's not flu season. But is this to be blamed on the unvaccinated? Many of our friends are dealing with vaccine mandates. They are being strongly pressured to get the experimental jab or get tested twice a week or lose their job. Now we even hear of a plan to require proof of vaccination at grocery stores in L.A. That's not being able to buy food unless you're vaccinated. This is unheard of in our country. And our own county supervisors this last week, headed by Gavin Newsom buddy Nathan Fletcher, announced that they are going to encourage or recommend, and you know how they use that word, they're recommending that employers force their employees at the cost of their job to get this injection or else get tested on a frequent basis or lose their job. So here to talk to us today about these issues is someone we might say has been dealing with this kind of vaccine madness for many years. His name is Dr. David Denton Davis. And he's a medical doctor whose specialty is emergency medicine. He was a charter member and co-founder of the American College of Emergency Physicians, the group that established ER doctors as a specialty. He has worked in hospital emergency rooms for many years in Boston, in San Diego, and his research studies in toxicology have taken him to many places all over the world. He's explained his findings and some of his experiences in two books that are available. And I really look forward to this discussion with him today. And just to let you know, Brian had something that very impo- was very important to come up. And so he, it will just be Dr. Davis and I today. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Dr. Davis, let's roll. Thanks, Kathleen. My wife and I would like to thank you and Brian for the opportunity uh, to join your podcast at Biblical Citizens Let's Roll. And I'd also like to send out a prayer to everyone currently trapped in Afghanistan. May they all get out safe with the help of the Lord. Absolutely. We are just having more crises uh, as as time goes on, it seems like. Uh, so we are crying out to the Lord as well. But it's interesting how we met, isn't it, Dr. Davis? You and I both believe there's no accidents, and we met through a mutual friend who's an activist for health freedom. She told me about your books. I was really fascinated to hear about those, and I got to read those. The first one is called Dancing Cats and Silent Canaries. It's about the causes of both SIDS and autism, and you've explored that quite a bit. 
I, you know, briefly, you know, having had someone in my family die of SIDS, this is very important to me. So let's talk about your first book first in the first part of the program, and then we'll get into the other issues to do with the COVID injections later. But what do you think is the cause of SIDS and the cause of autism, and how are these two diseases related? Well, during the 1990s, lifeless babies began showing up in emergency departments throughout the country, oftentimes carried by their, in the arms of their parents, an EMT or a paramedic. Yes. It came, became obvious nothing I did made the slightest difference to their frontline EKGs. Something devastating had shut down their breathing and heartbeat. Usually during sleep, parents and caregivers were suspected as perhaps the cause. Although I heard pediatricians oftentimes say, your baby simply fell asleep and forgot to wake up, adding no one had a clue about the cause. That's simply not a good answer, is it? We're in the 1990s, and here I am in the emergency department, helpless. And to hear your baby die from sudden infant death as the explanation, I became concerned. Soon my research revealed SIDS was a syndrome being increasingly diagnosed primarily in the Western world. I could not find reports coming from the Soviet Union, South Pacific, or Asian countries. However, I was struck by the data coming from New Zealand that showed one of every 1,500 babies died during their first year of life in the North Island and South Island and New Zealand. I became intrigued. Mm -hmm. I began to look at what was unique about New Zealand. Their winter, which we already begin to suspect, is the opposite of ours. And we knew for a fact that crib death was much more common during winter months. I decided to take a closer look at winter. It had to be a factor. After speaking with one of my Boston pediatric colleagues about the reasons for my curiosity, we concluded deaths might be related to the baby's sleeping environment. Perhaps an entirely new crib system uh, containing motion and sound, uh, particularly maternal sound, might make a difference. As a result, a small group of invested in a new system for the nursery and decided that New Zealand might be a perfect place uh, as a test market. So how did you find that the vaccines were related um, in, in the limited time we have? Uh, and there were the other word, there were other the toxins, time, right, in the environment? Um, absolutely. At the but, time, no one was talking about vaccines in the 90s. And we got to New Zealand. Uh, we accidentally came upon a chemist who had uh, written an article for North-South magazine saying he knew the cause of cot death the British version of crib death. Mm-hmm. And uh, I became intrigued, contacted him, and asked him about our new system. And he frankly said, Dr. Davis, if you do what you're thinking of doing, you're going to kill more babies than you save. He said, the answer is that crib mattress that we've introduced in the Western world made of polyvinyl chloride, which is synthetic, is easily contaminate with mildew, contaminate it with chemicals like mercury, arsenic, antimony, and, and arsenic antibody, arsine. I'll go on to that in a minute. I still had no real clue 
all I had was the possibility winter was playing a role in the nursery environment of factors in the early 90s and not yet thinking about autism. So I didn't start thinking about autism until Dr. Sprott, who was a chemist, said, David, the mattress is playing a role, but think about vaccines. So, Because some of the same shocked. ingredients are in the polyethylene that it's in the mattress, the arsenic, the, the uh, other toxins that are in the vaccines and not very many people know that that these that vaccines have these preservatives and these adjuvants that are toxic correct exactly so, and of course at the time my wife said what about the babies that don't die could there be long-term neurological effects that's when autism entered the picture we started thinking some babies don't die and right. they go on to develop neurological physiologic, gastrointestinal, psychological, and autoimmune issues. And the rate of serious reactions to vaccine is shockingly higher than we are being told. And I I thought this idea that you had that each person has a different toxic tipping point, that was very helpful. So um, just explain real briefly, you know, that it's not one in a million. And like you said, in New Zealand... One out of 1,500 babies were dying of SIDS. That's a shockingly higher rate if, if SIDS is a reaction to toxins, as we are finding out, you know, so many years later. And, and as you explored early, then that's way higher rate of adverse reactions than we're being told. Correct? I'm- There's no question about it. And uh, I became quite aware of the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act um, in the late 90s, it had been introduced in 1989 after the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act was uh, became law in 1986. And then I, I was curious how many of my colleagues knew about the reporting system. Right. Well, the vaccine is safe until the number of reports that accumulates suggesting it's not safe reaches a critical mass. And if no one's reporting, the estimate was perhaps only 1% of reports are ever getting to the authorities, the manufacturers and the agencies responsible. And that's shocking. 1% of all the deaths that happen are getting reported? That That's, that's just exactly. unacceptable. And, and don't well, something like 25,000 babies die a year from SIDS? Well, the, it depends or, on how you... Right, it depends on how you report it's very misleading. We used to say if a baby died in the first 12 months, that was SIDS, uh, or a parent had killed a baby. That was unbelievable to combinate the, the, the choices. But then we realized, well, babies were dying at 15 months, 18 months. Oh, so we had to come up with a new group, which is childhood uh, infant death rather than uh, first year of life. It had to be the second year of life. Then we decided we had to do a, a full investigation. So if a baby didn't have a complete investigation, they were put into a third category. So the actual number is unknown, but it's definitely pure SIDS investigated is about 5,000 a year. Wow. Well, that that's a lot. Uh, and like you say, you don't know, really know because they don't report it. And that's what happened to my parents. They... They rushed my little sister. I'm 11 years old. She's three months old. After her DPT shot, she went into uncontrollable crying. And then within two days, 
you know, she, they had to rush her to the emergency room. The, the doctor doesn't know what's the matter. Doesn't She's dead by then. And so it just it's a traumatic, horrible experience to have your little baby just die suddenly with no cause. And they still haven't figured out the cause of it. And, well, I just real quick before the break, you said in your book that you think that SIDS is because of toxicity and the baby dies because they're overloaded. And then autism is later when they are able to, you know, they have a different toxic tipping point. So then they just get brain damage. They don't die. So um, it's just amazing. And people, if you want to read more about it, read Dr. Davis's book, Dancing Cats, Silent Canaries. And he explains his exploration into this, how he has not been able to convince a lot of his colleagues uh, to do more investigation. And it's just amazing. So we'll be right back after the break. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. We are back with Dr. Denton Davis, and his second book is called Who Can Parents Trust? We're talking about the vaccine madness that is going on today, and uh, there's so much to discuss, but just briefly, Dr. Davis, in a nutshell, what would you say is the message of your second book? It's called Who Can Parents Trust? Vaccines, avoidable and unsafe. Kathleen, you must understand my profession has long ago sold out to the pharmaceutical proprietary health systems and the government agencies. And the CDC in particular is the largest seller of vaccines in the world and probably most corrupt. When Congress Uh, gave indemnification to pharma and started paying pediatricians to get 64% of their practice vaccinated, all the doors were opened up to corruption and ignoring the science. No one wanted to do a study that showed vaccinated versus unvaccinated, knowing that unvaccinated have a less likelihood of SIDS or autism. And that's an Amish, uh, Amish comment where Amish just don't have vaccines and they don't have autism to speak of. Right. The unvaccinated groups don't get these diseases. Uh, that's, that's not right. a coincidence, is it? And No, it isn't. And it became more obvious as time went on. And so in your book, you talk about how doctors are afraid of even speaking up or even looking into it because they'll, they'll lose income, they'll lose the respect of their peers because there's so much social pressure and they're just dominated by these pharmaceutical interests. And so I just, I just found that really interesting, all the things that you talk about in there. Um, but let's, let's go on. Well, let's see. There's the refusal to do control group studies. That's a big issue. And then you say that the truth would devastate a, a multi-billion dollar industry. And that's what was happening in 1986. They were being devastated by lawsuits. So they got Congress to indemnify them. And we need to change that. It's, it's really destroying our, I mean, it's hurting our society. And yeah, maybe I could use the word destroy, but they're suppressing science. They're they're intimidating doctors. So now we thought childhood vaccines were bad and that it was dominated by these interests. But now we're really seeing it, aren't we, with these COVID injections. So 
there are so many reasons not to take these untested injections. Just really briefly, uh, you know, what are some of those reasons? Well, you have to understand this is an experimental vaccine. Uh, it's a messenger RNA vaccine for both Pfizer and Moderna. There's never been a vaccine uh, using MRI, MRA technology that's been successful in the past. It's been tried for Ebola. It's been tried for HIV unsuccessfully. So we're dealing with an experiment of untold scope. Yeah, it's just uh, massive we proportions. Know, we yeah. now know um, people have died following this injection. People have become disabled following this inje- injection. And going back to something you just said, the Vaccine injury court, uh, compensation for injuries sustained by vaccinated people has paid out over $4 billion uh, for vaccines, still stating that the risk is one in a million. The Harvard program study showed the actual risk of an adverse event from any vaccine is one in 36. If that's the number, untold millions of babies have died. Untold millions have been become victims of autism. We don't have a handle on the number because no one wants to know. It's too late to find out because the liability is too great. We'd love to strip the vaccine makers of their indemnification, and all this will come to a quick halt, like you suggested earlier, but it's not going to happen. They the, won't look into it. State, they they the absolutely refuse. Off. Yeah. And so what's, what is been your experience when you've tried to get through to your fellow emergency room doctors and other other physicians? Just one example, maybe. Uh, the usual answer is, well, we don't want to report vaccines. It's too much work. Oh. Uh, if that shame, isn't shameful, I don't know what is. Well, yeah, and they just don't want to look into it. The CDC is responsible for finding the cause of disease and well, n- and and they won't they won't find the cause of autism or SIDS or these other autoimmune diseases. They don't want to look into it. They won't do control group studies. It's just shocking. Well, the studies right. now that are being uh, slowly allowed to filter out from doctors who have vaccinated and unvaccinated, and across in the middle, show that children are far less to be autistic if they've never got a vaccine. And that's in the general population. That's just not the Amish population. So we're dealing with something now with COVID vaccines that goes beyond anything that's happened in the past. We have more deaths in the last five months than in the first 30 years since bears became, came into existence. Worldwide, over 12,000 people have died and 500,000 have been injuries, injured and 30% are serious. So for anyone to think that these vaccines are safe, it's foolhardy. And that's just what's been reported. And like you say, only 1% even get reported. So people are, it's just on a massive scale that deaths are happening and adverse events. Well, just, somehow yeah. what people don't know can't hurt them. This is the opposite. This is what they don't know can kill them. Absolutely. So uh, I want to touch on this idea of the unvaccinated. Now, the press and I like we heard at the county supervisors meeting and I went down and spoke out and your wife did too. I saw her at the rally. We 
heard from Wilma Wooten, the county medical officer, that this is all to be blamed on the unvaccinated. These, Well, first of all, she said it was all based on cases, which we know the PCR test is flawed and has is inaccurate. So that's to be doubted right there. But then it's all, you know, this Delta variant problem is all to be blamed on the unvaccinated. So in the in the time we have left, just explain why that isn't the case. Well, here's the problem. In the unvaccinated, we have those 100 million people who have been exposed to COVID, had the illness to various degrees and have what amounts to lifelong immunity naturally acquired by exposure. Right. Natural well, immunity is better. We always gonna, got trained in that. If we're not, if we're not going to test for that, the only choice left is to vaccinate everybody. So the unvaccinated become the, 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 the group they have to focus on. There's no money in not vaccinating anymore. Uh, and but that's what it's all about. Is the unvaccinated are probably better protected than the vaccinated because uh, now with the Israeli studies coming out showing the vaccinated are the ones coming down with the Delta variant and they're the ones coming into the hospital more than half of the time with the disease and they've had two or three of the Pfizer injections. So that should speak volumes, but it doesn't. No one wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to talk about what equals money and control. If you don't sell vaccines, you don't make any money, and you don't have control of the population you're vaccinating. Wow. Well, and we found and out at the, county, at the county supervisor's meeting that Nathan Fletcher, who's the head guy that is the friend of Gavin Newsom, he gets campaign contributions from from multiple pharmaceutical companies. So that's who he's on the payroll of, not the people. And and so yes, it's about money, it, it's about control, and so people need to stand strong, right? What, what do you suggest people do that are being forced? Well, first of all, I, I think you have to say, well, you want, you want an antibody test uh, to see if you're naturally immune. This whole issue has to come down to that. Uh, the uh, ICANN, the Informed Consent uh, Action Network, has just decided, to, after new information is coming from California, they decide to sue California uh, on the basis of antibody testing before vaccines. And, uh, again, California doesn't know which way is up. They know just about <laughs> as much as Fauci knows. Uh, right. And the whole idea, when you're involved with vaccines, you think, uh, you know, one size fits all. This is not the case. So people have to ask, first of all, they have to have informed consent. If that there's no vaccine insert that says the things that can go wrong, although the list is growing, we know it's growing with parent pericarditis, myocarditis in teenagers, heart attacks in teenagers, and sudden death uh, in older people, we have to realize time is, is short for the vaccine, this vaccine to make its presence known. And they have to get more people vaccinated because when people start dying who've been vaccinated and the group in the unvaccinated don't die and they don't spread the disease, we're going to have a, a real problem that's going to be virtually impossible to explain. Yeah, the control group is going to be the unvaccinated, and they're not going to be dying. And I heard a PhD talking to his school board saying that people will die from this injection, whether it's six months, 
two years or five years down the road. He gave it a, a window of five years. So, uh, but nobody yeah. really knows. But uh, well, that's like protein now is being showing up with people coming in with hypertension, glomerulonephritis, which is an inflammatory process of the kidneys, and the list is going to grow and grow. The H. The spike protein is toxic. Wow, and and I I also heard that there have been forty autopsies now done that really show that the spike protein goes all over your body, and that's what causes the deaths. So, well, we don't have any more time. Thanks so much for being with us today, Doctor Davis. Um, any other words, just really quickly before we have to close? Just, just a quick word going back to your younger sister shortly after she died of SIDS that DPT you talked about was taken off the market it was quietly in acellular pertussis so it was substituted and all those vaccines that are no longer available in America Bill Gates took to Africa and India uh. the death rate in India among vaccinated with DPT is 10 times greater than those who don't get it that's a final comment and follow up to what you said so, and I got involved with this whole issue, talking to a mother who had an autistic son who went, became ill after the DPT. He did not die, but he cried and he slept for 24 hours after that shot. And wow. the pediatrician said, that's normal for a newborn. And there are so many parents that report a similar experience and, and the government refuses to look into it. So thank you for being with us today. We are all going to need God's help to rescue us from this vaccine madness. One of the most important things we can do is pray. We need bold faith to stand strong. God will provide the solutions to each one of us who asks him for wisdom. To bless your neighbor, organize a group fast in prayer. To end this vaccine madness, attend a protest, speak out at a meeting, stand by a friend who's dealing with mandates, do your research. And I encourage you to read Dr. Davis's books. Once again, Dancing Cats and Silent Canaries and Who Can Parents Trust by Dr. David Denton Davis, MD. Till next week. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at the same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility Responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K Praise.